0: Ladies and gentlemen from the flight deck, we are shortly ready to set course northbound towards Flesland and Bergen. Flight time today one hour and 30 minutes. Mostly good flying conditions and destination weather at this time is showing um, cloudy skies, temperature 10 degrees. For the long-
1: The Fine food podcast with me, Sam Wilkin. This time we're going to Bergen in Norway for the World Cheese Awards. But why are we in Norway? Why are we in Bergen? Well, two years ago in San Sebastian, Spain, this happened.
2: You know, how does it feel? Tell us how you're feeling now. I'm in tears. God, you must be in tears. Uh, I have no Lord. It, it's marvelous. I don't, I don't truly.
1: And so, two years later, after Gunnarvagen uttered those immortal words, I have no words, we find ourselves in Bergen, Norway, for the World Cheese Awards. So I'm walking through a very wet and very misty Bergen. It's kind of walled on all sides by these precipitous forested hills, but they look huge from the city centre with, you know, a few houses dotted up through them. There's a funicular that runs all the way to the top, but at the moment I can't see a thing. It's just thick fog, thick grey fog, and I don't know, if you're of a slightly uh, romantic turn of mind, you might think that you'd see some trolls crawling out of the woodland. It's got that kind of uh, feel about it. But anyway, so I'm off to the Greek Haaland to sign up for judging. So me and another roughly 250, 300 judges... Finishing off their breakfast and heading over to the Greek island. Which one are you looking
2: for? I'm looking for Mr... Ah, the there, there we go. go. Hello.
1: Good morning, that's me. Good
2: morning. Smashing. Thank, Thank you. you. Do
1: you need an apron? Uh, no, I've got a coat. You might want the apron. Oh, would love the apron. Where's oh, I'd love the apron. At? Thank you. <laughs> How marvellous. So we're here waiting to go in to hear from John Farron from the Guild of Fine Food about how we're going to go about judging today and the criteria we're looking at now some of these judges are extremely experienced there's some amazing faces here from all over the world this is my first time so I can't wait to get started and judging all those amazing cheeses
2: 40 to 50 cheeses to assess this morning you'll find that you have a small selection of different cheeses. You don't get 40 cheddars or 40 manchego. You have three or four of each individual cheese. That's quite deliberate. Um, we like you to assess each cheese on its merits, not to compare. So each cheese can be given a gold or nothing. You might end up with 10 golds on your table or no golds on your table. So. Uh, each cheese should be marked on its own merits. Please remember to try and defer to be positive about these cheeses. Some of you are cheesemakers, you know how much pride you take, so please try and be as positive um, as you can. Have fun, I'd say, but take it seriously. The world's cheesemakers are awaiting your decisions, and I guess it's just left for me to say an enormous, great, big Thank you again for coming along, hanging out with us, making it fun, but doing a serious job too. Follow me out the door. Thank you very much,
1: everyone. I'm heading through now with my fellow judges. We're all in our white coats and our very smart World Cheese Awards aprons, heading through into, well, what is usually a car park. Um, But it's been cleaned up and it's full of, I mean, yeah, so here we are. So table after table after table of cheese. And me and my fellow judges have been charged with picking bronze, silver, gold medal-winning cheeses, one super gold. We've also got to make the tough decision to not award any medals to some cheeses, but, well, listen, there's 3,472 cheeses to choose from, so we've got a task ahead of us. And, wow, we're going to go and start the judging.
3: Yeah, so appearance in rind, I mean, it looks beautiful. Are we, a five? Yeah. Uh, or I think it's a four or five. Four yeah. and four, or five and four if you want. It's perfect, uh, yeah. I right, well, it must be more more orange. Perhaps yeah. it's too much white to be a pont it must be more orange.
1: It's right. still got a nice, like, little bit of moisture to it, though, it's not completely dry, yeah. it's just... Um,
3: so we're gonna say four? It's,
1: it's, yeah. Let's yeah, go okay. four. four. Four
3: appearance and body and texture. Four. You You're
1: going
3: to leave four. A Four as well. Just because um, of that
1: last bit of coating the mouth. Yeah. It's too much.
3: What are we feeling? chicken's kind of getting Wow, that looks amazing. It the middle, so that's, that's Look that's at that. That's a good,
1: glossy.
0: Mm.
1: Quite excited about this one.
3: Mm. Okay. Maybe I might go a smallish bit. <laughs> <laughs> Just.
0: I try. You try, you're, Your try, you're
4: trying. You're trying. <laughs> you're yeah, trying. OK. No, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Again, quite salty. Yeah, it is. But not quite as overpowering with that the
3: one. The overall texture It's really more balanced. Mm. Here appears the milk. The sweet of the milk. Yeah. It's a bit buttery. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. It's salty in a good way. You know, I, I think It's it a good level of salty. Yeah. And the other it was. Mm-hmm. There's a good contrast between the rind and the inside the cheese. Well, yeah. it's, it's nice, there's a
1: texturally, there's like a little bite on the mm. rind, but then it just, you know, It has of that falls away. Of. You
3: feel a bit crack when you get yeah, of yeah, the, yeah, exactly, the rind. Yeah. yeah. Um, a good it's a good talerjo. It's a really good talerjo. Yeah.
1: So we've just finished judging and we've selected our favourite cheese from the table, the Super Gold. It's gone through to the last 78 and the 16 members of the jury, some of the top people in the cheese profession worldwide, have to choose their own personal favourite. Now, I'm really interested to know, because all these people are from different areas in the industry, we've got journalists, we've got makers, we've got cheesemongers, what their own personal criteria are for selecting a cheese for the final 16. Patrick McGuigan. At the moment, I'm looking for cheeses that are unusual. I I don't want to see the same creamy, nutty, crowd-pleasing cheeses. For me, I want something that's going to maybe divide opinion a little bit. That's kind of what I'm about this year. Because we all work in the industry and, you know, we we think about cheese probably more than is good for us, you know, and sort of four o'clock in the morning, wake up wondering, you know, uh, about when do you eat the rind, when don't you, how should I explain that to people? And I think there needs to be... Crowd-pleasing cheeses are great. You know, it's great when you've got a consensus, but I actually quite like cheeses that kind of provoke argument and perhaps are very strong or actually very subtle and delicate and perhaps not sitting squarely in the middle of everything. You know, I like things that are on the periphery, on the edges. Peter Martinson from Sweden. Occasion like this, you you like surprises. You do.
0: And I, I don't know if I would be most happy if I would find the winning cheese, or if the one that was on my table won, uh, Mm or at least came among the 16 best. This is actually the creme de la creme. Absolutely, more than
3: 3,000 cheeses. Carlos Yescas from Old Ways Cheese Coalition, Mexico. So first of all, because you know I have judged a lot, a lot of the cheeses that I see here, I kind of already know who even made them, and so. I try to be as fair as possible, to not let my knowledge interfere with that right um, and then what i 'm really looking for well i I taste every single cheese and give it a thought and everything and what i 'm looking for is i 'm always trying to move forward cheese. I think other judges are like, what is very good right now what you know what is being amazingly made, and my thing has always been like, what is cheese going to be in the next five years right and keep pushing what we understand as cheese um, to be the future of it. So I'm always looking for flavors that are not obvious yet uh, or p- uh, profiles of texture that I think the consumer would like in a couple of years and really thinking like what is the, the cheese that will oh, okay. last forever uh, as, as a great cheese in the world. I, and I think the Gorgeous Awards Uh, are super important for that. I think we make taste, uh, we decide the taste of what cheese is in the world. And you can see it from the entries. uh, You know, a couple of years ago, there was very little uh, cheeses that were coming, uh, that were uh, torta style from Portugal, like uh, that cheese over there. And after it won a Super Bowl, one of them, you start seeing more of that style. So definitely, like, Cheese makers are paying attention. Maybe they're they're not making new cheeses. Maybe they're already making that cheese, but they're entering now because they know that they're appreciated, right? And so we definitely always um, deciding what the flavors is, and and I also think it ends up impacting not only gastronomy but culture in general, because we're talking about you know animal husbandry, we're talking about uh, terroir, and you know you really need an ecological view of. Uh, a lot of these things to have to treat your animals better, give them more space, a type of grasses, and so we also end up affecting that as well just from the cheeses that we decide uh, are going to be the supreme goals and then of course the cheese that, that becomes the best cheese in the world like has a huge effect not only in the economy of the countries but also in a large scale of what are the practices that are being used and Kathy Strange from Whole Foods USA.
0: Well, these are all winners. So yes, there's criteria and all of these have met that and exceeded. They're representative of the best of class on their tables. So for me, I'm looking for something just a little bit extra that I'm going to be able to say to the best 15, 16 judges in the world, I want to put my name on this. I think it's showing brilliantly and I want all of you to embrace what it's like and give us feedback on it. And for me, it's it's kind of celebrating. It's a way to celebrate the cheese, celebrate the opportunity to talk about the cheese in an environment around the world's
1: best. Olbus Mulder from South Africa, and founder and organizer of the South African Cheese Festival. I
0: try, and it's difficult, but I try and get rid of my personal preferences. But remember, there are small cheesemakers here. They have tried their best. I have brought here uh, 77 cheeses from Africa, small cheesemakers. I know how much effort, how much thinking, how much hope they've put into these cheeses. I try and be, uh, of course fair, and I know it's not easy, easy, but I try my best for their sake. To me, it doesn't matter who wins. I go home tonight and I sleep well in any case. Mm. But for their sake, I know that I have 27 cheesemakers in Africa right now holding their thumbs Wow! and I owe it to them to be as objective and as proper as possible. I know how, how happy and how disappointed you can be if it's good or bad and, and, and I know how much emotion they put into it. I say I don't care who wins but it's not the truth. If if the if the African cheesemakers
1: didn't win anything by tomorrow, I'll be very sad. Jason Hines of course from the News Yard Dairy in London.
4: What I'm looking for really is a taste of authenticity, of provenance. And so what I'm you know what I'm I'm less keen to see is the influence of starters which can have quite a bearing on how the cheese comes out because that's not a taste of place. So
1: you're looking for an expression of the I want the an milk expression of where the place has
4: come from. I want, to, I want to be able to smell and taste where it comes from because, you know, if you use a certain starter strain, you can put it in any style of cheese from wherever it comes from and you're going to have the same flavour. So the terroir becomes a starter. The terroir is not the terroir.
1: Nick Chiros from Olympic Cheese in
2: Canada. What I'm looking for is a good long flavor, uh, something that I can snack on but also serve with some great company, some wine, some nice ales, different kinds of uh, entertaining cheeses that serve all kinds of purposes.
1: So you're going beyond the cheese? I am, yes. I'm thinking,
2: I'm thinking how can I use this cheese and what's really versatile because I think when it comes to cheese, there's so many different ways uh, to eat it, to enjoy it, and that's what I'm looking for. I feel that cheese is for everyone, and the only way to include everyone is to consider what other things we can do with it. Definitely trying to be as non-biased as possible, but at the end of the day, complexity, I think, is what really makes the cheese stand out. Um, evolutions of flavors uh, and a good long-serving cheese, that's ideal. So we're going to head up to the main auditorium now and
1: the jury are going to advocate individually for each cheese that they've chosen and then they will all vote on that cheese and the final scores will go head to head to find out what is the best cheese in the world.
0: So uh, I'm standing in a huge
1: crowd of people pushing each other, waiting to get into the auditorium to see the final jewelry. And there's a particularly tight knit group of people, uh, Norwegians getting quite excited, lots of uh, embracing and hugging, and, 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 and some real emotion actually. And of course, right in the centre of it all is Gunnar Wagen who was that winner that we talked about at the very beginning of the podcast. The winner of the 2016 World Cheese Awards and the reason why we're all here. So I'm just going to go and see if I can grab a word with Gunnar. So um, I, I'm, I'm with the reason that we're all here. Um, Gunnar, we're in Norway. And why are we in Norway?
3: Because... Uh, kraft war...
1: <laughs> Wind, uh... The
0: first prize, the best cheese in the world, uh, in San Sebastian.
1: In 2016? Yes. In and th- it was an emotional moment?
0: Yes. <laughs> yes. It's what uh, I...
1: Have no words? No. <laughs> and it, it, and it, it, how are you now? It's still a massive thing for you. Yes, it is uh, personal.
0: But uh, it's, uh, it's a happy story for us in Tingueloost. Uh, all the cheese we make every day out the door next day it's uh, it's fantastic
1: so it's changed your business yes completely uh, yes complete mm. yes. that's amazing I'm, I'm hoping that we'll have a similar <laughs> impact on somebody's life today and we'll go yes. to somewhere else new next time i i, I hope so too. yeah Okay. Well, listen, there's lots of people who want to speak to you and and you've been kind of crowded and there's queues to speak to Gunnar, but um, I'll let you go. Thank you so much for giving me your time. I'm so uh, happy. Thank you. That's great to meet you. Thank you. So that was Gunnar Wagen, still really emotional. Um, Yeah, I mean, obviously a massive thing winning the World Cheese Awards back in 2016. Anyway... We're going in to see the jury deliberate.
2: Uh, On our panel, our super supreme panel here, some of the best palates in the cheese world, chefs, producers, journos, people who love cheese uh, and promote it around the world. And that's one big thing that's been really special uh, about today is that there's been respect for cheese, those people who make it, uh, and also the whole process. And uh, it's been a glorious one.
1: And then the judges voted, round after round of cheeses, 16 in total, it took nearly two hours. And in fact, it wasn't until cheese number 10, which uh, had been chosen by Jason Hines, and he chose a aged gouda. And then this happened.
2: So this could come from any part of the world, in fact... <clears throat> it about, you loved about, you clever man this marvellous Norwegian cheese Uh, well the first thing I
4: want to say is that um, one of the reasons I really like this cheese it was a refreshing thing to taste after a lot of other gouders that we tasted on our table which um, all were afflicted with the same what I consider to be sort of one of the modern scourges of cheese which is just this you know unique uh, simple sweetness, a sort of confected sweetness which um, which is very appetizing, but I want to have a cheese which has got some sense of place, some sense of terroir. And if you have that sweetness which is unique to, um, which, is, which is common in, say, a cheddar and a gouda, um, and we tried some other, some more Alpine-style st- cheeses which had the same sweetness, um, what was unique about this one compared to some of the goudas that had this more sort of starter-affected sweetness was the fact that I could taste this sense of place. As it happened, uh, unbeknownst to me, that place was Norway. Um, and so I, I, was, I was very pleased to find that that was the case, but the texture was great. Um, it's got um, a nice, it, although it's quite a mature, hard cheese, um, it's got a lovely fondancy to it, which I like. Um, and again, there is some sweetness to it, but really it's that it's that it's the
2: marriage of the savoury and the sweet that I really, really like. Um, so I thought it was a delicious cheese. Judges, will you please vote... Now on the cheese as champion by Jason. (laughs) That is something. That is something. We said there was 15 points of headroom. I think we're screaming into there, Nigel. Four. Five. 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 Four. Four, four, five, 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 four, four, three,
0: four.
1: So there you have it. Uh, Norway have won again. <laughs> The cheesemaker Jorn Havslund, uh, from uh, the maker of Fanaust, which is a gouda-style cheese made on a small farm. I mean, we're talking 12 cows. I mean, it's another brilliant story, amazing for Norwegian cheese, amazing for the cheesemaker as an individual, but amazing for the community at large. And I'm going to grab uh, Jason Hines from Niels Yard Dairy, his advocate here on the jury, and uh, hopefully have a chat with Jorn Havslund himself. So yeah, the yeah. cheese maker and his champion. Yeah, absolutely. So Jason, why, well why did you choose that cheese?
4: Um, uh, I think the the thing about the cheese that really struck me, like I said at the pa- during the panel, was the fact that um, it was an honest cheese. Um, you had a sense of place, um, and I think that when um, when he walked onto the stage, um, it was it was a it was it was very refreshing to see someone who was in the image of the cheese that I tasted, which was a, 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 you know it was it was the honesty of the cheese, and the fact that it spoke of where it came from is what spoke to me and why I chose it, um, and it was in a sea of other cheeses that were overcomplicated. Um, trying to be something perhaps that they weren't originally, whereas this was just the cheese that was, like I say, a taste of
1: place. Mm. Um, And and how does it feel having someone like Jason describing your cheese? that You've you've spent 12 years making that cheese and farming and it's hard graft and here you are holding a shiny trophy and you're on top of the world.
0: It's fantastic. Mm -hmm. Uh, um, It's really fantastic so I can't say more.
1: <laughs> there seems, yeah, it's the reticence Nothing. that we spoke of earlier. Yeah, it's the no words.
0: I have to phone my call. My my, my wife. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What
1: okay. do you think she'll say?
0: Nothing. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is... Uh, we work together, all uh, cheese maker in in Norway and we work together and we help each other with everything. Uh, we don't tell how we make cheese, but we help each other. So, uh, and we have a very... Uh, high quality of the milk. So, uh, my cheese going uh, to the fjords and in the mountains and eating uh, maybe 12 or 14 different grass types. So, this is uh, uh, m- the milk is very, uh, what do you call it? Uh, complex. Complex, yes. Mm. So,
4: uh, that's how it is. Yeah, so think, you're
1: making a cheese that is the best reflection of the milk. You're allowing yeah. it to express itself. Uh,
4: I think that that is something which is, um, uh, you know, m- increasingly less evident in the cheese world, because you're, you know, er, you know, historically a cheese was an expression of the milk, the place that it came from, and and now in the modern world, as the as it as it, you know, there are more and more cheeses made on a larger and larger scale, um, it becomes. Um, More of a, you know, there are more and more hocus pocus type cheeses around, and there's a predilection for this sweetness, which I call, you know, the the Coca Cola effect in cheese making. Whereas this is simply just an expression, uh, uh, you know, of the milk transformed into cheese, and the honesty of that, I think, is. Was, was really, really um, evident in the cheese that I tasted.
1: Yeah. Well look, have an amazing evening. I don't think you can avoid it now. There's plenty of Norwegians <laughs> gonna buy you a drink this evening. So uh, thanks yeah. for talking to us and thank you, Jason. Pleasure. Thank you.
2: Pleasure.
1: Thank you for listening to the Fine Food Podcast coming to you from the World Cheese Awards in Bergen. Uh, A very happy, surprised, uh, blown away winner there. A man with 12 cows, uh, a small team of cheesemakers and himself making the best cheese in the world. It's uh, just one of those great stories in food and drink that I love. Um, So look, thank you so much for joining us at the World Cheese Awards and see you next time for the Fine Food Podcast. The Fine Food Podcast is produced by Seliman and Michael Lane of Fine Food Digest. It's presented and edited by Sam Wilkin. If you want to know more about the Guild of Fine Food, go to gff.co.uk and check out Sellerman
2: at Sellerman Sam, on Twitter and Instagram.